0: Welcome to Cordell and Cordell's Men's Divorce Podcast, moderated by managing partner and CEO, Scott Trout, bringing you information for guys before, during,
1: and after divorce and everything related to family law. This podcast is not to be taken as legal advice and no attorney client relationship is established.
0: Well, welcome back to the second episode of the uh, really economic series. We're talking about the true cost of divorce, session two. We were joining you a while ago, where we talked and introduced to you this topic with Mr. Cordell. I'm Scott Trout, CEO and Managing Partner of Cordell & Cordell. And today for our episode, I'm joined by litigation partner, Will, out of the Town & Country, St. Louis, Missouri office. Welcome. Thank you, Scott. So. We wanted to talk and we'll recap a little bit about what we discussed in the first series of our economic series as we really talk about this topic, which is, as I was talking with Will off camera, something that I think and that that most lawyers don't have that conversation with their clients. We were so focused on the specifics of a divorce and that is, hey, let's get the petition filed. What do you want to do with your property? If you have kids, what do you want to do with custody? And then we kind of walked him through that process without the consideration of number one, why they're there and what are they going to do afterwards? I mean, I guess that's your experience as you know, typically as we go through a divorce.
1: Yeah. I think, I think on many practitioners part, I think there's a fear of, you know, I'm a lawyer, so mm-hmm. I know the law and I will talk to you about the law, but I'm not going to talk to you about anything else. And no. it, this is their entire life. So you have no. to have that comprehensive approach of, you know, this there are plans that need to be made for the future. You're gonna to have to make some choices. You're gonna to have to prioritize certain things. And so having that conversation from the beginning mm-hmm. can really help plan the things that you can control within the divorce process yeah. and also understand those things that maybe you don't have as much control over. And you can work that into your plan because you know where you're headed on that.
0: Yeah. And we talked about in the in the first episode, and just to kind of recap, there there were three stages for guys going through this issue. You know, we talked about plan A and that is everything's good. You're married. Here's our assets. Here's kind of life as we know it in general. And that is marriage, right? Uh, we have maybe dual household income. We may or may not have kids. We have a, over time a accumulated wealth. And by wealth, I, we, we talked a little bit about savings, you know, retirement, pension, equity in your home. Uh, and then we have empty nest and then natural retirement age and all things are great. And then there's the second stage, and that is perhaps guys who are conscripted. And we use that word intentionally because there are many guys out there who didn't choose and don't want a divorce. And as we were talking, they get thrown into this process where perhaps a lawyer who may or may not devote their entire practice to family law isn't thinking about what do they do afterwards, right?
1: Right. It's the. It's very... Um what's in front of you mm-hmm. focused, you know, okay, here's what we got to do for getting on, getting our petition on file. Here's what we've got to do to do the mandatory discovery yeah. portion of the case. But they're not, they're not, they're too focused on what's right in front of them. They're not looking ahead mm-hmm. to help their clients plan for the future.
0: Yeah. And so, that third stage really is what uh, we're going to talk a little bit more today, which is Plan B. Keep in mind, we're going to talk about in the next episode, Plan C, and a kind of an economic recovery plan. Uh, but we won't talk about that today, but some we'll get to some unique things. We're going to be popping on our website at CordellCordell.com uh, for you to use, so stay tuned. Uh, get a pencil and paper out. We want to uh, kind of give you a sneak peek at some really great tools that you can use as we think about the true cost of your divorce. And so really today we're going to talk about how guys proceed, 51% divorce rate. So we have a lot of you watching right now that are either considering it, thinking about it, have done it, or, you know, or are in the middle of it. And we want to bring to you, you know, we've done and I have done hundreds of episodes and podcasts and virtual town halls on divorce and how do you get through divorce and how do you accomplish your goals? This is such a unique topic. That's why I think it was such a, I was really interested in talking about it because I've never presented on the true cost. And by that true cost where we mentioned, it's not, there's always a psychological, physical aspect, dollars paying to a lawyer. But there's a cost when you actually divide. We're going to talk a little bit about that in Plan B, and that is, you have some choices to make along the way in order to kind of reach your post-divorce goals, right?
1: Right. If you and a lot of this goes into that that planning for the future. Um, If you have that plan under Plan A, Mm -hmm. and you you are you know maybe you're forced into this, maybe it's it's something that you are seeking, but if you don't address the realities of the situation and incorporate all those variations of what your original plan was to where you're at now, there's going to be an incredible difficulty in trying to reach your goals if those are still your goals. And maybe it means adjusting your goals, but those are the different choices that you have to yeah. make. And you have to be cognizant of those so that the decisions you're making in the mm-hmm. divorce process, or even whether or not to go through the divorce process, if you're, if you're cognizant and aware of those changes, then you can plan, okay. Where do I need to prioritize this in my case? Yeah. What you know? What's gonna be better for me and my long-term plan based on these changes that are yeah. occurring?
0: I mean, this is, every time I do a podcast or a town hall, we talk about one of the reasons, it's, it's an educational and informational, we're not trying to give you legal advice here because we can't, um, and not every case is the same. And so we, we do generalize in some of these examples, but uh, these are questions you should be asking in a lawyer if you have one, and that is, hey, what should I be, what are my options, what choices do I have in order to accomplish post-divorce goals, That which, which is really the true cost, because many times, as I look back, I've been doing this 30 years now, you think we get, we feel satisfied, we get a client done, and through the divorce process, you know, we accomplish some things, and then we don't think about what they're planning after divorce, and, you know, not only in trusts and wills and estate and planning, but trying to accomplish goals. Maybe we walk away and they have to retire later, perhaps. But that's what we want to talk about today. And so if you kind of recap, if you haven't watched the first episode, the first series, I'd encourage you to do so because we opened this process, this discussion with plan A and an example of, okay, here's where we are. We have some assets. Generally speaking, let's say you have you know, $200,000 sitting between equity in a home, some cars, a savings, pension, 401k, whatever it is, some stocks or whatever it is, cash. And then what you do is you're saving. You know, A lot of people take today's economy out of the mix, right? It's you know with inflation and, and facing a, a terrible recession, without, which is near certain, uh, no one really can save. But so take that out of the mix and generally a good economic times People save some money, and then we create in a, in a plan. Hopefully, maybe none of us want to work till we die. Some do, um, but that was Plan A, and we want that's kind of the, the the kind of where we started with the idea, and we're going to continue on today with Plan B. Will and I are going to talk a little bit about that, and that is following up on key considerations, things that you need to be considering as we talk about Plan B, and that is what should you be doing. Um, either you're in the middle of the divorce or you're thinking about it or you're post-divorce to accomplish some goals. And, you know, and plan A really had a kind of an end goal. It's a big, lofty number of like $1.3 million. It's, it's crazy. And we did that intentionally because we wanted to really show how certain things, certain choices along the way can drastically either maintain, improve, or decrease your decision-making or your chances of reaching some goals along the way. So that's where we are today. So we're going to turn, and you'll see on screen, we're going to talk about plan B. We're going to talk about the divorce. And I think that, Will, many people in our clients, and you know they're at that divorce stage, and they face an economic reality. And that is, okay, we have our stuff, and that's 100%. And things will change right along the way. That is the first kind of true reckoning conversation that you and I and all the attorneys at Cordell will have is what's going to happen with all my things, right?
1: Right. I mean, you, you I have, well, have a lot of my union clients, okay? Mm-hmm. I love my union guys. Yeah. S- salt of the very hard workers and they say, I don't want to give her any of my pension. I have yeah. to have that very frank conversation with them that the judge is going to give her half of your pension. Yeah. It's going to happen. Uh, the marital portion, at least, and you know we get into marital and separate property. But, but having that frank conversation up front mm-hmm. then allows you to it, it kind of opens the door to have that further conversation of okay, this is going to happen, but we have options we have choices and we, we can talk about where are we going to prioritize you know what what assets might you want that mm-hmm. maybe she might not be so interested in and you know it all comes out to a balance yeah but it's a question of what are you putting on your side of the ledger, what's going on her side of the ledger things like that where you can then start to incorporate maybe this thing that you did or didn't want into your planning going forward.
0: Yeah, and so, you know, as we talk about divorce, the obvious thing is that, uh, and I've always told clients, in divorce there's no winning, right? Both parties can't win everything. There's degrees of losing. And I know that's a harsh reality, but the point is, is that we, our job, is to protect what is most important to you and get and accomplish what we can. And that is some degree, because you're both going to walk away with less than what you started. So from plan B and the divorce idea, your savings and your investments, your your uh, pot of money pr- will shrink, period. So you're going to go somewhere from 100%. Absolutely. Right? And so in our example, in our first example where we talk about, or really what is example two, because we talked about example one in the first series, and that is here we have a divorce filing. And... Along the way, at some point, we wind up splitting our assets, right? So 50%?
1: Roughly. I mean, it's there's minor variations. There's reasons why the court can, can deviate from that 50%. Mm-hmm. But it, all other things being equal, and in most cases, mm-hmm. you're going to fall within one or two percentage points of a 50-50 division. Yeah. I mean, there there's other factors that the court can consider, but generally speaking, you're you're going to go down from 100 to 50. Yeah,
0: I mean, keep in mind. I know that's a staggering piece of information for guys to hear and, and think. Well, why do I even go through the process? But keep in mind, we're not talking about separate property. We're not, you right. know, businesses, things that you came inheritance, right? And there's things we can do. So this is kind of exclusive of those things where whatever you've brought into the marriage or maybe what you've earned along the way that is separate in nature,
1: right? Right. Yeah. The marital estate is what gets divided. Yeah. Um, So anything that was accumulated during the marriage, again, you know, we can get into all these really detailed things of transmuting premarital property and how that can happen and and commingling and all that. But Again, with, within the context of the marriage, anything that was earned during the marriage, generally the court's going to divide that 50-50. You'll get the outliers where mm-hmm. there's you know, some significant misconduct, mm-hmm. maybe there's waste of marital assets, so they no longer exist, yeah. but they're sort of allocated to one party or the other. But yeah, no, I mean, generally it goes from 100 to 50, and yeah. that's, that's just the reality. And so you have to then incorporate that reality into what you're going to do going forward.
0: Yeah. I, mean, I I think, and you know, these are the tough conversations that, as you know, matrimonial family law lawyers, you need to have with your clients, and and you don't want to hear it. I know that you're going to give up half or whatever that is. Maybe it's less, but the point is, it'd be like a doctor saying, "Well, you've got cancer. I'm not going to talk to you about the side effects of chemo." That all of a sudden, at the end of the day, you've lost your eyebrows and your hair. Well, why didn't you tell me?
1: Right. right. I mean, you won't. It's kind of like the devil, you know. Right. Right. You, right. You'd much rather rather be prepared. Yes. For the future and be able to plan for the future than to just kind of la die da your way through it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, oh, I don't know what's going on anymore. Right.
0: I mean, that's this is why we're doing the series, and there is a plan. There is a process. We're going to equip you to make really intelligent decisions, to ask really good questions of your attorney, to try to get to your goals either during or post-divorce. And I think that's what the whole series is about, is there is a cost, and it isn't necessarily the transactional costs, which are involved here, when we think about what are you going to walk away with? There's attorney's fees, there's childcare, there's housing, there's insurance. That comes off this kind of 100%. Now you're down 50. Now now maybe it's 40%. And in this example, we're using an extreme example of 40% because those are costs, these are really true costs that sometimes you overlook because you're in the, the heat of it. It's an emotional process. Sometimes you're not making really logical very informed decisions depending upon the counsel that you've chosen and their experience and their dedication to only practicing family law. And that's what happens.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it these are questions that should be asked from the very beginning mm-hmm. because you maybe it makes more sense for your case instead of going the litigation route. Every mm-hmm. case has to go through the court. Okay. That's just a requirement. But Maybe instead of going through a litigation route from the beginning, you decide to go through more of a mediation route, mm-hmm. or uh, you know some other sort of alternative dispute resolution, because the transactional costs of that might be less. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I often like to use the example. I tell my clients when you're having a conversation with your spouse, you can you can use this phrase: "We can either pay for our kids to go to college, or we can pay for the lawyer's kids to go to college." And don't get me wrong; well, yeah. I'm happy to represent them right. and, and do everything I can for them. But I also recognize the reality that mm-hmm. this can be a very expensive process. Mm-hmm. And so you need to know going into this that there's costs associated with every choice. And some of those are financial, some of those are emotional. We're focusing yeah. more on the financial today, but those are choices that, again, they come up from the very beginning. And so if you're going into this process not thinking about those costs, yeah. you're doing yourself a disservice.
0: Absolutely, and and, and not understanding It's kind of looking down and forward beyond what's happening and being able to plan. I think we've always talked about, uh, you know, Mr. Cordell has a book, A Civil War. You know, you can't go to war without a proper plan. Otherwise, you're destined and determined to lose. I mean, it's happened in history. Um, But that's what we're really talking about. And that's why we set forth this plan. So let's just assume for the moment that at the end of the day, you're going to wind up with 40%. And so that's a significant impact. That's going to impact your decision making moving forward. So you have some choices. How do I plan? What changes do I need to make? Uh, What will happen with my assets or how do I grow them? And then how does it affect my retirement? And if you look at, you'll see on screen kind of this whole notion of this timeline, just so it's a typical timeline. Everyone varies differently, right? Every case is unique, especially post-COVID.
1: Right, I mean, it's (laughs) the the variety in family law Mm -hmm. is is staggering, and that's you know a lot of times people come in and they'll say, "Well, this is what happened in my friend's divorce," or "This is how," And, and I tell them, "Certainly, listen to your friends, but your case is not their case, right? And their case is not yours." The family law is so fact driven, yeah, and everybody's lives are different.
0: Right, melanoma is not every melanoma. Right. right. And I mean, everything's different. Your know, body is different. Every case is different. Every, every judge
1: is different. Exactly. Every I say I mean,
0: a judge, I can have a 10 times out of 10 and 10 different decisions from the same judge on the same facts and in, in just different parties. And they're all upheld on appeal. Exactly. So <laughs> this timeline is really just meant to be some guidance for you as you kind of look on screen here. You know, you get to this divorce. You've got the filing. You may or may not have kids, and so what happens is, you you know, your kids either in school. They may be going to college, trade school. Who knows? They may not go. That's a cost. You may or have may or may not have maintenance, some child support. Uh, there's a, a divorce penalty. Because now you're filing, perhaps, you know, you lose some tax deductions. Right. If you're paying maintenance, the IRS changed rules a number of years ago that it's no longer deductible. Right.
1: We don't like that. And so, right. I mean,
0: so these are it's just one of those conversations again to understand where we are. And then we have kids. If you have kids, they're emancipated. And now you're in the future. Hopefully, at some point, you've got a retirement. I mean, that's kind of the schedule. But that schedule now has to be altered, perhaps, because you're left with less than 100%. Now you have, let's just assume 40%, right? Right. So so that's really what turns us to example two and kind of as an idea of, as we're trying to guide you about the true cost. And so we're gonna play off of um, what we first talked about as the example one in the first episode and using the same numbers so that you can kind of get some ideas before and after. If you remember in example one, we assumed you had about $200,000 in assets here. And so, as Will and I talked about, um, 40% leaves you with around 80 grand, right, Will? Right. So, I mean, now you have a choice here. Um, I was gonna have over a million dollars if I stayed married Um, for guys I was forced into, I didn't want it, and now here I am. And so, now in this example, um, I'm gonna be left with a lot less, right?
1: Right. And so then at, at this point, you've you've got down to that 40%. Okay. You're back, you're at 80,000. Now you've got to decide, mm-hmm. do I want to try and maintain that goal and that timeline and how do I get there? Do I want to shift my timeline? Mm-hmm. Do I want to shift my standard of living, mm-hmm. my my savings yeah. through that standard of living? And what kind of effect is that going to have Also, what impediments are there to me trying to do those things? You know, Mm -hmm. custody schedules, uh, maintenance payments, whether it's term or open-ended. You have to adjust for all those variables. And by planning from the beginning for those variables, you can do it in a much more efficient and effective manner.
0: And, And, you know, you may be fully satisfied with the end result in example two. And that's okay. But there may be guys thinking, well, as you suggest, I have some choices here. And in example two, the choice is I want to maintain my lifestyle, meaning I want to have the car I drive. Uh, I want to live in a similar home, mm-hmm. which means my expenses are going to be the same, but my perhaps you lived in a dual income marriage, and now you have half the wages, half the income with the exact same expenses. Right. That math doesn't work. No, it does not. You can't still save as you... We suggested in example one, perhaps now you have the choices. I'm going to have to reduce something, and that is in this example, we're going to reduce our monthly savings amount. And ins- instead of what well, we talked about saving about two thousand dollars a month, mm-hmm. um, now we're saving four hundred, S- significantly less. Yeah, and so that, that has an impact. And you know, let's just assume you know in our in our examples, we've always assumed about a twenty year time frame. Down the road. And, you know, that's different for everyone. You know, divorce people are divorced in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, right? But we just use a number. And I'm going to get to how you can go online and do your own calculations, which is exciting. We've created a true cost of your divorce financial calculator. Not going to give that away yet, but this is kind of what we're doing. We're, this is this example. We want to kind of set the stage for you. So in this example, too, I got to also extend my. Work life. I've got to, if I want to reach this number, how, I got to work much much longer, right? To right. a number that's probably not acceptable,
1: right? No, I mean, with you'll see in this example, or as you can see in this example, if you're reducing your monthly savings that significantly, so that you can maintain that lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, it's going to take you much longer. We we it comes up to when you run these numbers, it comes up to eighty two. Yeah, and I mean, I I know I personally don't want to be working till right. I'm eighty two. Right. Um, maybe for some people, that's again the yeah. options. Consequences, yeah. choices, priorities. What What do you want? What is going to fulfill your life? And so y- you've got to make these choices because things have changed from that plan A. Yeah. So in doing this, you know, yes, you're prioritizing sort of that that right now. Yeah. Right? And this that, is
0: with the first choice of okay, I really don't want to change anything in my lifestyle, and that's what we want to kind of set forth is in this example too is hey, this is the choice I'm going to make in the conversation I'm going to have with my lawyer after I know what I'm going to wind up with, and okay, I'm going to sacrifice that. Just And this is just so you know if right. this is the choice you're going to make, fine. You can retire at 65, but you're going to have less accumulation. And this it makes them pretty, you know, I'd say just in the air estimates, like 5% rate of return. I mean, it's a great rate of return right now. Right now, right. (laughs) But maybe in the future, on average, you can average eight, nine. You know, that's why this calculator, again, I'm plugging this calculator. I'm excited about it. Uh, I want you all to go online. We're going to give that plug to you in here in a little bit as we kind of make our way through. And so that's really example two because that's your first choice. And if we move to example three, your next choice really is you can reduce your savings and lifestyle to try to increase your retirement wealth, right? I mean that's kind of example three that you'll see online.
1: Yeah. With example three, I mean you're you're sort of taking a little bit from from both sides. Right. Okay. So you you understand yes, I, I'm not going to have as much money as I had available because I want to try and maintain at least most of my lifestyle, but maybe mm-hmm. I can cut some costs mm-hmm. here or there mm-hmm. to increase what's still available for those monthly savings uh, to try and reach that retirement goal. Recognizing, yeah, it's still going to increase mm-hmm. the date that I'm able to retire. Yeah, because I'm not, I'm not making those extreme cuts to get me back in exactly the same position I was before. Yeah, because you you've lost sixty percent. Right. right. We, I mean, that's that's what we're looking at. So, in order to do that, and you've you have to both decrease your savings because mm-hmm. you're no longer able to save that two thousand a month right. we were talking about before, but by also maybe decreasing some of those lifestyle choices. Maybe I'm not driving the BMW anymore, mm-hmm. I'm driving a, a Ford. Right, so you can uh, save a
0: little bit more than 400, now you're gonna shift it. It right. really is about decision making, again, and it is you know, these choices. I mean, this isn't all bad news. I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's If you understand the rules of the game, if you understand the choices that you have, then you can make informed decisions for the future. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we, as we thought about the true cost, and and lawyers i'm telling you i i don't i haven't found anyone talking about this and i think it's so key other than financial planners we'll talk about this
1: right it, and and again i think it goes back to maybe a little bit of that that fear of of am i going outside my area of expertise mm-hmm. right i'm a lawyer i know about the law but i don't want to you know portray to my client that hey i'm an expert in this area and and this is what you should do that's not what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am not an expert in financial planning. Right. But having these conversations, maybe plugging in a client to a financial planner if they don't have their own uh, to begin with, but letting them know, hey, this is what's happening. This is what we need to be prepared for. And here are some of the ways to plan for the future. Having that conversation allows you to then, as you said, you know know the rules of the game, yeah. know know where you're headed. And then you can adjust for that because if you don't know, if you don't know where you're headed, I yeah. mean, you're just
0: right. I mean, you could you could be on a road trip with no map and just follow a straight line. Yeah, and you know, it, it you're going to get Hibera. somewhere, but you don't you know where to you're You come to the headed. fork in the road, you got to take it. <laughs> right. So I mean, here's here's why we're going through these examples. in example three, and that is, this isn't the end all. This isn't you know absolutely your plan. The point is, is if you understand where you may end up in this example. Before your divorce, during your divorce, you can make decisions with your attorney about perhaps assets that you may want to be awarded. You may want to be awarded post-tax assets, things that are Roth IRAs, give away taxable assets so that perhaps they're of more value to you, trading things for that you can keep your retirement, whatever. Those are decisions that I often see not being made on the other side than we're having with our clients.
1: Yeah. it's it's Again, it goes back to the priorities, you know you have more liquid assets Mm -hmm. at the time of divorce. You know, let's say maybe a a 40-year-old man is going through a divorce and you've got the liquidity that's in your house. Then you've got retirement accounts that you can't really access right now. Mm -hmm. Well, what is is more important or even necessary maybe Mm -hmm. for you right now? Do you need those liquid assets or can you maybe trade those for some more desirable assets to reach your future retirement goals? Right. And then- meet your own needs with income or with, you know, whatever you need. So you can use that to plan and sort of, you know, it's more of a chess than checkers
0: kind of concept. And I think the trap that clients get into, uh, unintentionally, but uninformed is I'll take a $100,000 401k. And I think it's worth a hundred thousand dollars today.
1: Right. Comparing, comparing apples to oranges is what I always talk about. Um, you know, if if you're doing sort of the the cookie cutter you know spreadsheet, here's her column, here's my yeah. column. Let's just look at the bottom line number. If all you're looking at is that bottom line number, you're missing a lot of information mm-hmm. that you may want to take into consideration when you're dividing those assets. Yeah,
0: there's a taxable event when you start withdrawing your 401k. It's income if you withdraw it early, or let's just say it's a uh, a real estate piece of real estate. It may be gains. There may be a commission. You have to understand the true value. Uh, if it's a Roth, its taxes already paid. It is what it is. They're just. This is why we want to show these examples is so that in the end, when you're trying to figure out my choices here, and that is I uh, reduce my lifestyle, maintain my lifestyle, increase my savings, what asset should I ask for in the divorce that would affect plan B, right?
1: Right, And and part of it also goes to doing the preparation and having that background information Mm -hmm. of you know is there i've seen people just completely overlook a loan that's Mm -hmm. on an account yeah it's like oh we didn't know there was a a loan on this account life insurance policies that are Mm -hmm. you're paying the premiums just through the policy there's some tax implications that can go along with that Absolutely. so particularly with tax implications i mean that's the, the more obvious one right where it's okay these aren't this isn't really what this is worth in today's dollars yeah that you're gonna to have to wait to access it, or you're gonna incur significant penalties, mm-hmm. or and then also taking into consideration when you do access it, the taxes. I mean, that's right. that's the easiest example to point to, that a lot of people will just breeze right past. Yep,
0: so in example three, if you come going back looking at example two, some of these adjustments that this John Doe made, which was, I'm not only going to uh, reduce my lifestyle, previously I was gonna maintain my lifestyle, I'm gonna reduce my savings, or perhaps lifestyle, and be able to save a little bit more here. So at the end of the result, in example three, albeit I can retire seven years earlier from right. 82 to 75, and I wind up with more money, a couple hundred thousand dollars more, right? In example three.
1: Right. And so, you know, again, it's if, if you are comfortable with the 75 mm-hmm. as your retirement age, right. then okay, this plan may be for you. This may be a way that you can um, adjust and sort of recapture some of, those, uh, so some of those assets with mm. the income that you're earning post-divorce to, to try and get back to close to plan A. We won't say exactly plan A because you're not, but get back to somewhere where you're comfortable. Uh, right. Comfortably uncomfortable is, right. is a phrase I use a lot.
0: So, you know, the interesting, so we go to example four, that's kind of where we are. You know, client comes to me, John Doe says, well, hey, I want to get exactly what I had. You know, I want to be made whole. What am I going to have to do in you know in Plan B in divorce will so my choices are you know I I was going to either do nothing and maintain or I could reduce my savings to maintain my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. We talked about reducing your lifestyle and savings, and now here's example four. Uh, it's going to take me a little bit longer. What do I have to do?
1: So with example four, you'll see we still you're still losing that sixty percent to start mm-hmm. right. So yep. we're we're already behind the eight ball there we're looking at what your monthly savings is going to be, what it's going to need to be to restore that wealth. It's going to have to be significant, Mm -hmm. right? It's going to have to be almost the same as what you were saving before. Mm -hmm. And so that means you've got options still, right? There's still ways that you can get there to either drastically increase your savings, which means decreasing your lifestyle pretty Mm -hmm. significantly to have more of that uh, leftover income, or increasing your income. Mm-hmm. There's risks though that go along with that. Right. If you've still got kids, you know, yep. modifiable child support. If you've got modifiable maintenance, you could potentially be penalized there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in, in basic economic terms, if right. the, the more you want to save, you either have to cut costs or right. you increase revenue, right? Right. right. And right. so
0: there's only yeah, there's only a few ways to get here. It doesn't magically just in the, you know pot at the end of the rainbow, and that is, uh, I get a better job that pays me a lot more and as you suggest there could be uh consequences on child support or maintenance that's a factor uh i could get a second job Mm -hmm. that is supplementary income to help me reach my goals again perhaps consequences consequences depends not absolute but again these are for conversation is to make you know choices and goals and plans as we move forward to understand the true cost of what's going to happen uh with you and so that's the only way you're gonna to get to this, make yourself whole to restore your wealth is those choices. If you don't wanna sacrifice your lifestyle, you don't wanna sacrifice how much you save, that's it, right?
1: right. I mean, it's, it's recognizing that you can't, that it's not going to be the same, mm-hmm. okay? You, you have to uh, confront the reality that things have changed. Yep. And so now you have to make those choices and say, what is most important to me do i want to still retire at 65 68 right. 72 whatever it is and how do i get there yeah and if you don't have the conversation of how to get there right you're you're wandering around without a map right. right we i mean we already used that analogy so having this conversation saying okay well i still i still want to get back there how do i do that and this is where you know Attorneys can, I mean, attorneys should be using their legal knowledge here. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's not <laughs> let's not say that. But for example, you know, taking a second job. Yeah. Okay, that's something that if it depends on your state, but your lawyer should know is the court going to consider that that you're taking a se- second job in order to replenish your savings? Mm-hmm. This is, you know, this is not to meet needs. This is because I lost a bunch yep. in the divorce, and now I've got to put it back, Judge. If you, if you have an attorney who's prepared to make that argument and is aware of that part of the law, then you can kind of take that into consideration in your plan and say, okay, there's some risk there, but maybe it's an acceptable level of risk. Mm-hmm. Or it's, you know, if I increase my income by this much, it's not going to drastically change maybe my child support number, for right. example. A- and also it, it'll go into other decisions like mm-hmm. maintenance. Is it term and not modifiable or is it modifiable? Right. And that may drive your decisions on whether you want term maintenance right. or we want to have that open-ended modifiability. So, yeah, I mean, in this example, like I said, it we show monthly savings necessary to restore that wealth, 1822. Mm-hmm. Okay. We were at 2000 before. Yep. So we're almost back to that same amount. But what you have to take into consideration is mm-hmm. you've got other expenses now that you didn't used to have, or you've got those same expenses mm-hmm. with a lower level of income right. because you don't have your spouse's right. income.
0: I mean, there's this is the good news. You may be thinking here, I've been talking for 30 <laughs> minutes, this is all <laughs> terrible news, Scott and Will. But no, the good news is that there are things you can do, and that's the whole point of these. this plan B, is, is to take the steps, talk about the assets, talk about what's needed, make decisions about supplementary income, make decisions about another job, a better job, a second job, a third job, overtime, bonuses, whatever that is. That's the good news is there is a plan to restore wealth, period. All is not lost simply because you've been conscripted to a divorce you didn't want that lost 50% of your assets, right? Yeah.
1: And it, I, I, you know, I like the analogy of the, the man that's down at the bottom of the hole, mm-hmm. right? And somebody's shoveling dirt into that hole. Yeah. And then first the man thinks, oh, this, all, I'm getting all dirty. I'm, this is problematic. Right. But then he realizes, well, I can use all of this to get my way out of the hole. It's, it's not comfortable, right? It might be dirty. It might be tough. It might take a while, but I can get back there if I have an appropriate Mm -hmm. plan. And if I think this through, whereas if, you know, with the first example, I would consider that more of a cookie cutter. You know, if you've got a, if you have an attorney who is just kind of walking you right through the process, the way they have everybody else, they're doing the cookie cutter, Agreed. which, you know, it'll get you through your divorce, but it doesn't really give you that plan for the future. Right. And so by that- I think having that's that, the more
0: common thing. It is, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think it's, what else did you want from me? I got you divorced. Right. But you're thinking, yeah, but I'm walking away with 40%. Right. Now what do I do?
1: And you're afraid. Right. I mean, it, uh, we're, we're talking about the financial costs here, but- there is a very real sense of fear mm-hmm. for many clients yeah. who they they look at their situation and they look at it as this is dire. Mm-hmm. Like I'm there's no way I can get back to where I was before. Yeah. And being able to have that conversation and, and ready to have that conversation from the beginning,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think helps the client to make a more informed decision. And that puts them a little bit more at ease. Of okay, all is not lost. I am not. This is not the end of my life. It's the end of my plan A. Okay, have to recognize that it's the end of plan A, but I still have plan B. Yep, and I can move forward. And
0: plan B just isn't fait accompli. Right. I mean, it isn't just. Well, it is what it is. Because as you've heard, a choice of a lawyer is an important decision. Right. (laughs) And and so that's the point: is you don't want a lawyer. Look there are great lawyers out there that do exactly what we just talked about in plan a or, you know, and they just walk you through the example one to plan B. But I think there's more. That's the whole point of this podcast is there's more that lawyers in a full service family law law firm should be doing and advising their clients. And that's why, we're talking about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the benefit of being able to focus on one area of law. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you ask me about criminal law,
0: yeah.
1: I will remember what I learned in law school. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. Right. And I will refer you to somebody who actually knows more about criminal law. Right. If you're asking me about divorce planning mm-hmm. and the whole divorce process. Yeah. We can get really detailed because this is all I've been doing for the last 13 years. Right. Like you you learn those examples and you see okay, here are options. These are ways that you can be successful in reaching your goals, mm-hmm. even if in the short term, you see, okay, I just lost 60% of my assets in yep. this process. Right.
0: right. So that's terrible. Yeah. So that, that's kind of plan B and the examples. Now Now to the great tool, which we're going to focus more uh, in episode the next episode, and that is the true cost of divorce financial calculator. Uh, you'll see that on screen. There's a link to that. It'll be on our website. I encourage you to go. You can use that, uh, calculator to do exactly what we were doing today. And examples one, two, and three, and four and plan a and plan B and really plug some numbers in. Hey, here's what I have. Here's how old I am. Here's when I want to retire. Here's my expected return. You can play with it right now. There's 5% that's built into there. And again, it's, that's just a kind of an estimate. None of these are true and I have any real economic. Uh, indicators that suggest that's what you should be doing. But the point is, is, again, we wanted to create a tool that equips you to try to help make informed decisions, because there is help. There is There are things you can do. We talked about those three stages. And now in plan B, we ended with wealth recovery. So I encourage you to go to the link Find that calculator. It's great. You'll see on screen right now just example of what we just did using examples one, two, and three. And we'll walk you through it. And, and it'll actually print out exactly kind of a full amortization schedule of what you can expect along the way. And that's what the conversation we'll be having with you as a client as well. Is all right, let's let's kind of look forward. And make some goals for you. Now, those are things that you're going to take forward after the divorce, but we want to equip you as well. So we're really excited about it. We're going to talk about that in Episode 3. We're going to talk about Plan C, which is really kind of, hey, if all else fails, marry an heiress. We're going to talk about that in in the, the next episode. Excited to talk about it. Glad we could share this with you in this economic series about the true cost of divorce. Look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Go to that link. Check out the financial calculator. Play with it a little bit. We're going to talk more about it in episode three. Love to get your feedback as well. We'll have a virtual town hall sometime in the future once we're finished with a series where you have questions and we'll give answers to you about this as well. Check out our website for more information on that at CordellCordell.com. But we'll see you next time in episode three.